Hello, camp counselors, campers, and anybody who has ever caught your friends making out in the woods. I'm Maddie Hammond, and you're listening to Camp Stories. July 7th, 2019. I woke up from my nap around noon and experienced what might be called a hangover. I'm not sure exactly how much I drank last night, but I was probably drunk at some point. I had a headache, and I felt so sad. I couldn't shake the vision of catching Lucas with another girl from my brain. I still can't. Luckily, Callie was in Sycamore and already awake when I got up. While I was filling her in on what happened last night, Jess came into the cabin. She sheepishly confessed to spending the night in Bert's on-camp apartment. We all had a good laugh about it. It took us a while to find Alexa. She had come back to camp late last night, according to the messages in our group chat, but she wasn't in the cabin. When we went to look for her in the other girls' camp cabins, another staff member told us to check for her down at the archery range. I don't know what was objectively a funnier place to sleep. On the beach, like me, or on a picnic table near the archery range, which is where we ended up finding Alexa. We woke her up and went to coffee at the diner down the street. After getting caffeine in our systems, showering, and putting on our check-in day staff t-shirts, we went to the lodge for a late lunch and the staff meeting. I couldn't even bring myself to look at Lucas, but I could see from my peripheral vision that he was keeping a close eye on me, probably trying to figure out what to say. At this point, I don't know what I'd say to him. In typical camp director fashion, Benny gave us a rundown of the upcoming session and a pep talk about burnout and taking care of ourselves. He lectured us about making sure we get enough rest and eat properly, which is basic but solid advice. My favorite line from the whole speech? Drink more water. You can never go wrong drinking more water. I was put on traffic assistant duty with Dave, just like last week. I know I haven't been writing about him a lot, but we talk almost every day, either at meals or in our off time. We've gotten really close, so even though Lucas is his best friend, I felt comfortable telling him all about last night. It isn't that I expected him to choose me over his longtime best friend or anything, but it seemed right to be upfront and honest with him. He didn't really have a lot to say, but I didn't expect him to. Dave gave me a rundown of his night, too. He wanted to get to know this girl named November, but ended up drinking too much too early. I guess he passed out really early in the night in the basement at Liam's, which would explain why I didn't see him all night. Dave asked if I could help him out and wingman for him this week, so that on the next night off, he could make a move with November. I'll be around her a lot this week, since one of the canoeing staff members has the week off. November is a super cool girl, but I haven't gotten to know her that well yet. I've worked alongside her at canoeing, but she runs in a different social circle than me. One of those effortlessly cool stoner girls who always has perfectly tousled hair and doesn't give a fuck what other people think. I've always respected that brand of self-confidence, since it's so far from who I am. When I got back to Sycamore, I immediately met the twins whose mom cornered me at the party last night. 
They're just as comically outgoing as she is and introduced themselves to me the second I walked through the cabin door. Their names are Anna and Shannon, and they are identical. They have the same haircut, the same mannerisms, and the same preppy style. And they finish each other's sentences. Thankfully, they wear necklaces with their initials on them, one with a tiny gold A, the other an S. I almost wonder if their mom uses these to identify the girls as well. There's also a group of six girls who came to camp together in our cabin, and in typical middle school fashion, they have a name for themselves. The HSS. I don't know what it stands for, but they're already doodling those initials on everything, like a little preteen gang. I can already imagine that they're going to cause some drama amongst the rest of the girls in the cabin. We played the name game, had a nature hike, ate dinner, and went to opening campfire. I avoided Lucas all night, which was a challenge considering how much of the day all of camp spent together. Numb is still the best way to describe how I feel. I don't even want to look at him right now. Sticking with the theme of my summer, living a story worth telling, I did not expect to already have this much drama in my narrative. July 8th, 2019. Today was my first day of being statused at canoeing full-time for the week. Technically, the program is called boating because there are also kayaks and rowboats, but everyone just calls it canoeing. This meant that today was also my first day as a full-time wingman for Dave. I didn't hesitate to buddy up to November right away, as I sat down to ask her about how she deals with clicky campers in her cabin. Turns out, it's a great way to get more experienced staff to talk to you. Ask them to tell stories about their past summers working at camp. November works in senior camp now, where the 15 and 16-year-old campers live, but the past two summers, she worked in girls' camp with the pre- and early teens. Coincidentally, the girls who call themselves the HSS are in the first two periods of canoeing this whole week, so November was able to look at their specific interactions with other kids and each other in order to give me the best advice possible. Side note, I hate that I'm calling them the HSS in my journal. It feels like I'm accepting their nonsense by referring to their group by their preferred name, but I can't think of a better, quicker identifier. Back to November. That woman is wise beyond her years. Not only do I see why Dave likes her so much, but she's already a role model for me. She seems to understand the way people interact with each other on another level. My favorite advice that she gave me for getting these girls to include their cabin mates? Give them a reason to work together. Sort of a, the enemy of my enemy is my friend vibe, but less intense. If Sycamore has a reason to all work together to be better than another cabin in some sort of competitive event, they'll enjoy working together toward a common goal. I'm keeping that mentally filed away for evening activities this week. Fast forward to rest hour. Jonas stopped by to check on me and see how I'm doing since the whole Lucas incident. That was really cool of him. I was honest with him. I still don't know how to feel. I'm still processing, but he is such a calming presence and it was nice to get to talk to him a little about how I'm feeling. 
He isn't judgmental. I'm not scared of him gossiping about me or telling other people about our conversations. He seems genuinely interested in me being okay. I haven't really met a man like him before. He's just a good guy. The rest of the day was pretty uneventful. I did some more reading from our thrift store bookshelf. I'm working on The Alchemist, which is a beautiful fable. July 9th, 2019. I'll cut right to the chase today. The most eventful part of the day was our evening activity, capture the flag. We're only on our second full day of the session, and that clicky group of sycamore campers already caused more trouble than our session one girls combined. They were caught in the woods picking on a group of younger girls. Cedar girls, who, at 10 years old, are little kids in the eyes of the 12-year-old bullies. And to make matters worse, you'll never guess who caught them. Lucas. Yep. So... In addition to learning firsthand how to discipline campers tonight, I had to have a one-on-one -on -one talk with Lucas about what he saw. I think he wanted to talk to me about more than the bullies, but I made sure we only spoke about work. I can't handle discussing the 4th of July events with him just yet. Also, when I say we disciplined the campers, I mean that our cabin staff spoke to the bullies as a group then pulled each aside individually to talk about why what they did was wrong. We explained to them that their behavior was against the Harwood Code of Conduct, and if they're caught bullying again, they'll be sent home. Also, we found out what their code name HSS stands for, Harwood Sexy Six. They're 12, so honestly, that's pretty gross. I hope they learn their lesson. I feel so bad for the 10-year-olds that were getting picked on. Being a preteen is hard. It really bothers me that our girls, rather than being kind to younger campers, went out of their way to pick on the younger kids. I hope that things get better. July 10th, 2019. All morning at canoeing, I kept a close eye on the sycamore bullies. Honestly, I don't like calling them that, but for now it's the best identifier. I'm making an effort to get to know each of them individually. Hopefully, showing that I care about each of them as people will inspire them to be more respectful. November and I took a canoe out and led the kids on a shoreline expedition since the water was very calm this morning. It was fun paddling through the tall grass spotting frogs and turtles and all sorts of wildlife. It made me feel very connected to nature. While canoeing was relatively calm, we had another unusual circumstance during evening activity. I'd been warned by older staff that session two campers are usually the rowdiest and most troublesome, but clearly I wasn't ready for the insanity. Evening activity tonight was counselor hunt, and once again, I wore camouflage and painted my skin with acrylic paints to blend in. I think this time, my hiding place was too good. Like last session, I hid in some bushes out by senior camp. Unlike last time, campers didn't find me. In fact, I found some campers. 
specifically a senior boy and girl. They clearly didn't see me because they sat down on a log about 10 feet from where I was crouched down and started ravenously making out. It was like watching a parody teen movie. I froze like a deer in the headlights, not exactly sure how to handle the situation. As a camp staff member, it's my responsibility to keep the kids from hooking up. As a person, I didn't want to make them feel ashamed or embarrassed for exploring and having fun. Unfortunately for them, the responsible employee part of my brain won out. I made a big loud commotion, rustling the leaves around me, before I stood up and made my presence known. Both of their faces turned bright red, and I immediately felt a little guilty. After all, they were just two 16-year-old nerds who were probably really happy to have found company. I made them a deal. They could bring me in and get credit for finding me, and I would keep the details of what I saw in the woods a secret, if they promised to keep their relationship PG while at camp. They obliged. And I plan on keeping up my end of the bargain. I let the senior camp staff know that they should keep an eye on those two, but said nothing more. It felt like a, I'm not a regular counselor, I'm a cool counselor sort of moment. Since it's the first Wednesday of the session, we sat around the campfire before bed and set our goals for the next two and a half weeks. It took me a while to think of my goal. Completing the heart challenge last session was a great one. I'd like to jump off the high dive, but as much as I'm scared of it, that doesn't seem like a goal worthy of spending the whole session trying to complete. I decided that my goal for this session is to lead a fireside chat. Fireside chats are a senior camp tradition, where a staff member or multiple staff members go out to senior camp and give the senior campers a motivational talk or tell an inspiring story. Callie, being the popular counselor that she is, did three last session. They're a way to distinguish yourself as a leader and shape the future of Camp Harwood. Since I'm new, I think I'll offer a fresh perspective. I don't know what mine will be about yet, but I'm aiming to have it ready to go for the last week of this session. July 11th, 2019. Canoeing was relatively uneventful today, except for a visit from Jonas. Other than in passing at meals and during evening activities, I hadn't seen him since he came to Sycamore to check on me on Monday. While I was on a kayak supervising some kids who wanted to paddle out into the middle of Heart Lake, Jonas slowly drove over to me in one of the skiing boats. We caught up for a few minutes, chatting about nothing in particular. Unfortunately, we have opposite days off this weekend, so I won't be seeing much of him over the next few days. But it was really cool of him to check in with me again. He actually cares about me. Evening activity was less crazy than the past two nights, but still worth writing down. Tonight was Gold Rush, and once again, I worked at the bank. This time, instead of working with Lucas, I worked with Dave. Big shout out to Dave, actually, because I was assigned to work with Lucas. At the last minute, Dave convinced him to trade. Dave admitted that although he was looking out for me as a friend, 
He was also looking forward to talking with me about his crush on November. Hey, at least he was honest about his motives. And I definitely appreciate him helping me dodge an awkward night of forced alone time with Lucas. I filled him in on everything I know about her. She's just as awesome as he thinks. She's brilliant with people, she's kind to everyone she interacts with, and she is just as much of a hippie as you would guess by looking at her. She also told me about a new vegan restaurant opening up in a nearby town, so I suggested he invite her on a date there. He looked horrified at the idea of asking her out, so I spent about an hour giving him a pep talk about how great he is while the campers brought us piles of gold spray-painted rocks and twigs. I think he's actually going to do it, and I'm proud of him. The guy deserves to be happy. July 12th, 2019. Today was my last full assigned day at canoeing, and as Dave reminded me last night, my last chance to really hype him up to November before the weekend. We led all the kids from morning double canoeing on a paddle around Heart Lake. The Sycamore girls, heeding our advice to be nicer, split up their group in order to buddy up in canoes and rowboats with smaller, younger kids. I didn't know how well our disciplinary talks from Tuesday would work, but the girls are putting some effort into being a little nicer and inclusive. It's heartwarming. And, honestly, it's amazing how just a few days here at Harwood can change a person. Or a group of people. I don't think I'll have to call them the sycamore bullies from here on out. We had grilled cheese and tomato soup for lunch. That was awesome. After half of staff left for their night out, it was time to build the weekly Friday night campfire. This week, all the first-year staff who were on camp were assigned to build and run it. This meant that I was forced to be with Lucas for an extended period of time for the first time since last weekend. It's crazy to think that the 4th of July party was less than a week ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. Thankfully, Dave was there to help ease the tension, as well as three other first-year staff, Olivia from England and the twins, John and Jackie. The twins kept to themselves just like they have the rest of the summer. I barely ever see them. Olivia is kind of spacey, so she also did her own thing, whistling while we gathered kindling and built the fire. I'm still upset with Lucas for betraying my trust, but I'm not heartbroken. I don't know what he's up to as far as girls, whether last weekend was a random hookup or maybe a new love interest. I care a little, but not enough to investigate. Plus, I am not sure my heart can take the truth just yet. For now, all I can say about my feelings is that I'm happy to be here at Harwood, where there's too much going on to ever truly feel sad. July 13th, 2019. I feel like a broken record when I write about weekend days here at Harwood. They're all lazy and sleepy and relaxed. I spent part of the day in the swim area helping the lifeguards, and another part in the craft shack, cutting embroidery floss, hemp, and lanyard gimp. A handful of us went to Liam's house for our night off, including Callie and Dave. I invited November to come with us, much to the surprise of Dave. Her usual crowd had last night off, 
so she joined us. Lucas had the night off too, but I don't know where he went. I guess I don't really care. We had a handful of fireworks left over from last week that Callie had left in Liam's basement. I wish I could have enjoyed the 4th of July fireworks last week, but I was so upset that I barely remember watching them. As I sat on the beach and watched Callie and Liam light off the fireworks at the end of the dock, I couldn't help but notice the chemistry between the two of them. Two kind, gorgeous, awesome people with bright smiles and infectious laughs. Harwood's Gatsby and the coolest woman I've ever met. I think they'd be a great couple. After two beers and another pep talk from yours truly, Dave finally got up the courage to talk to November. After he approached her, they spent the rest of the night in their own little world, content with each other's company and swinging on the porch swing near the house. I kept to myself after everyone else coupled up for the night. I mostly just sat on the beach and watched the little fireworks show. The explosions made me feel nostalgic and got me a little misty-eyed, thinking about how this summer has been so far. I'm halfway done with my summer, yet still have so much ahead of me before I go off to college. The weirdest thing happened when I started thinking about Lucas. My phone buzzed in my pocket. It was a text from Jonas. His message said, I hope you're having a great night off. I'm thinking about you. So I have a feeling my story might take a turn. Thanks for listening to Camp Stories. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for the next chapter in Liz's adventure.